This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Keith Weber talks about holiness in times of great illness. What are ways we can grow closer to God through illness? What can we learn from the saints about illness and suffering? Well, let's find out. Father Keith is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. So we're going to be talking about holiness in times of great illness. But before we do that, we know that all good things begin with prayer. So, Father, would you lead us in a prayer for this next segment? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Eternal God, as we come to you during this Easter season, we are mindful of how important it is that we rejoice and celebrate in the resurrection of our Lord. We know, Lord, that as we celebrate his resurrection, that we also look forward to our own rising with him to eternal life. And as we look forward to that, Lord, we also know that we need your guidance and your support as we walk on our journey of life toward, toward our eternal life in heaven. That you will be with us to give us guidance and strength, giving us the courage we need to stay true to your word. And we thank you for all the help and the guidance and the graces you give us. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. In the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. By way of introduction, Father Keith Weber has been a priest for 39 years. Congratulations, Father. Well, That's actually, really awesome. Actually, is out. Now it's 40 years. 40. Yeah, 40. Wow. How about that? <laughs> one, one year older, one year longer. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. All right. So he has served in multiple parishes and has served the diocese in a variety of roles, including chief finance officer and chancellor those are two tough jobs right there um he's currently the pastor of saint elizabeth and seton in salina so so welcome father we're so glad to have well, you thank you it's yeah. great to be with you yeah um all right so uh you know father your your title here you know our, our theme for the week is holiness is not for wimps and you're here to talk about holiness in times of great illness. That's, you know, that's probably a difficult time, you know, to, to really, you know, be holy when you're not, not feeling well. In some ways, maybe it's easier for some, but, but you know, you're, you're not feeling well, you're, you're truly ill. So, so let's talk about that topic and, and how we can gain holiness in times of great illness. Sure. Yeah, and that's actually what went through my mind when I was asked to, to come up with a topic for this theme of holiness is not for wimps, is I know that for most people, uh, when we get really sick, when we have a, a, an extreme uh, illness, especially a terminal illness, that is, it's very difficult to keep that trust in God, to really let that illness draw us closer to God. And um, so that's kind of where I was thinking about with this whole topic. And certainly the sacrament of anointing of the sick is where, is where God comes to us in a sacramental way to help us draw, allow our illnesses to draw us closer to Christ. Yes. You know, St. Paul said in, in his letter to the Romans, he said, what can separate us from the love of Christ? And, you know, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ and let we, unless we allow it to. And sometimes people do allow their illnesses uh, to take them away from Christ, to yeah. you know, get depressed, to get sad, to get frustrated, to, 
to lose that patience um, and just to start going out on their own and turning away from God and who helps us walk with us on the on that part of our difficult journey yeah yeah you know and you know my husband and I often comment you know when you know we have we have family members that that aren't necessarily living the faith and and um, you know one of them in particular has had cancer for many years and suffers greatly I mean greatly and you know we often you know question how in the world does he do it without faith you know and, and I think that's part of what what you're going to talk about is is how we can can actually grow in holiness and and not just get through but but really to grow closer to God so so can you share with us some of the the insights that you have into that matter with you know with really growing in faith and, and living a holy life sure sure it uh, you know part of life and certainly when when we're facing with a great challenge such as a serious illness you know part of life is allowing all of our activities all of our thoughts our words our actions everything part every part of our day to really be with christ mm. and you know as as we do that as we continually walk with christ on our path of life every day that's what enables us to deepen that relationship with him i mean as with any relationship in our life you know when we go through the tough times with that person when we go through the great times with that person that's what really deepens that relationship and you know and when we walk with christ especially in the tough times but through the good times too but when we walk with christ in the tough times you know he's the one who carries us he's mm-hmm. the one who helps us handle things he helps us have the the strength to to deal with the, the problems the challenges yeah. you know as i've told many many people over the years you know god gives us the grace we need it at the moment we need it yeah and you know, sometimes, you know, when we're not really close to Christ, it's hard for us to really be ready to receive that help when we really need it. Yeah. Yeah. So so it begs the question, you know, how do we form that relationship? How do we remain close to Christ? Do you have special tips on, on what we can do? Maybe ourselves, maybe a loved one. We're really struggling maybe through some of the the illness or, you know, just through day to day. It seems like, you know, so many people are, are suffering. We're hearing it over and over again with with the economy, you know, with children leaving the faith, with, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's kind of like we're being bombarded, you know, with marriages. Marriage is under attack for sure, um, with all the things happening in our, our society. So what are some, some tried and true ways that, that we can really... Um, increase, you know, that relationship with Christ? Sure. Well, one is, I think it's good to reflect back on when we've needed his God's help earlier in our life. Mm. You know, to look at our life's journey up to this point. We've all had struggles in the past. We've had challenges. We've had difficulties. And, you know, God helped us get through those times. Yeah. You know, he was always there for us. He, and even sometimes when we forgot to ask him for help, he was still there helping us. And, you know, so we, when we look back, we say, oh, yeah, he really did help me out there. He, and he really did put that person in my life that I needed at that moment to help me deal with that particular problem. 
you know, when we look back on our life and see how God has actively helped us, that gives us the courage and the trust that he's with us now, too, and he's going to help us now as well. Then I also think, you know, not only to look at our own past life, but to look at the past of other people's lives. I mean, you know, looking at the saints. I, you know, I have a great love of reading about saints, and I know many, many people do. But, you know, when we look at the saints and we see how God helped them through so many challenges, and some of their challenges were quite significant. You know, when we look at the lives of the saints, once again, we say, oh, golly, if he helped them, I know he's going to help me with this problem. It's not nearly as difficult as that one. And yet, you know, he'll be there for me and he'll help me handle this. Um, And then, of course, naturally reading the Bible. You know, of course, you know, that's, again, such a a source of comfort and and inspiration because in the Bible we look at the the struggles that people had and God helped them. And, you know, look at the ministry of Jesus in particular, Um, you know, golly, he was always helping people. I mean, you know, the blind man, the crippled man, the lady was hemorrhaging, the the widow had lost her her only son. I mean, you know, all those people who faced such great struggles, you know, Jesus was always there helping. And once again, gives us that information and grace to help us. Yeah. But, you know, I think one of the things, though, in addition to all those things I just mentioned, of course, it's the sacraments. Mm. You know, the sacraments are key, I think, to really keeping that relationship with Christ and really allowing Christ to give us the grace we need to handle challenges, especially extreme illnesses and sicknesses of our life. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, there are so many sacraments that, that are available to us to help us in, in that time, you know, and Father, we know that, that 50% statistically of our listeners are not Catholic, uh, throughout Catholic Radio. I don't know what it is here directly in, in Divine Mercy listening area, but, but 50% uh, of Catholics across the country are not Catholic. 25% are lapsed Catholic. So, so share with us a little bit about the sacraments and their efficaciousness uh, to us in, in really growing in that relationship. Very good. Yeah, when I, when I teach a class in, in RCIA about uh, the sacraments, and I, I do my overview class, yeah, I talk about, you know, there's various levels of change that can happen inside to us and in us. Uh, you know, we can change the color of our hair, um, which is a very superficial type of change. And, uh, you know, a deeper level of change would be where we change an attitude. Mm. Uh, we change the perspective on life. That's a much deeper level of change than the color of our hair and a much more profound change that really affects our life. Yeah. Well, the deepest level of change happens when we encounter Christ in the sacraments. Mm. And, you know, is it that encounter that the very core of our being is changed? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in baptism, as an example, you know, when we're baptized, we are, are the core of our being, the essence, that which makes us us, what Carl Runners describes as a ground of being, that essence, uh, that's what is united to the risen Christ in baptism. Yeah. And, you know, so we are radically changed in the sacraments. And... Um, 
even the sacraments that we receive maybe on a frequent basis, such as communion or confession, you know, we're, we're changed at the core of our being to the to the to a change that really does radically affect who we are as a person. Yeah. And and so, you know, we can like I said, we can change a lot of our perspective of life, etc. When we read the Bible, and that's wonderful. We should do that. But the sacraments affect us at a deeper level, at the very core of our being. Yes. And that's what makes the sacraments so important in our life. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, my goodness. So, so, so beautiful. All right. So, um, Father, where are we going to go from here? We're talking about holiness in times of great illness. And, um, you know, I, I've seen it many times before where it is that illness that really brings others to Christ. Maybe they've been away from the church for a long time and they come in on their deathbed, whatever it is. But but for some people, you know, it, it's too hard. And they say, you know, I, I just can't, um, you know, I can't believe that a good God would do this to, to someone. Right. So so talk to us a little bit about that growing in holiness in times of great illness. Let's continue that conversation. Very good. Yeah, you know, I think the answer to that question about, you know, what what about this, you know, why would God do this? So much of the answer to that is found in the prayers of the sacrament of anointing of the sick, yeah. which was used to be called extreme unction. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, in in the in the prayers of the of the sacrament, there, it very beautifully expresses the types of healing that we're praying for, that God will bring into this person's life. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously we are praying for a physical healing, if that be God's will. And, you know, to pray for that is, is certainly a, a, a good thing to do. You know, when a person is physically hurting, um, you know, we do pray that, that God will bring healing, a physical healing into that person's life, yeah. if it be God's will. Yeah. And so... You know that certainly is a is a it's part of the prayer. It's part of the sacrament. Uh, when we listen to the words of the prayers, um, we certainly are are asking God for that that uh, that blessing, if it be His will. Yeah, yeah. But then we also pray for um, the type of healing where we turn fear into confidence. You know, when we have a serious illness. And, and especially if, it, if we think it might be leading, you know, to death, that sometimes there's great fear that comes from that of, you know, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? How are the people around me going to handle this? Um, you know, that fear of, I don't know that I'm strong enough to deal with this. You know, there's all sorts of fears that come when we're, we're really ill and there's a serious illness. Um, you know, we, like, for instance, if a person is, you know, maybe going to become crippled, they say, oh, you know, how am I ever going to survive, you know, in the house, you know, for the next 30 years or 40 years as a cripple? Um, you know, there's there those fears that come in that. And so in the prayers of the sacrament, we pray that fear of the unknown, the fear of what might happen can be turned into confidence, that the confidence to know that no matter what happens, even if God choose, says it's, it's not his will that I be healed physically, no matter what happens, God will help me handle it. 
God will help me deal with this. God will help me get through this. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we do, the type, one type of healing we pray for in the sacrament is to turn fear into confidence. Mm. A third healing that we pray for in the, in the sacrament is to turn loneliness into joy. Mm. You know, when, when a person is seriously ill, um, there's a loneliness that comes from that because no one, they feel that no one truly knows how they feel. Mm. Um, you know, when I was in the seminary, as an example, and they were teaching us how to do hospital visits and, and uh, to be in the pastoral care of a hospital. You know, they said, you know, when you walk into a patient's room and they tell you their, what's going on in their lives and their illness and their sickness and, and all that, you know, that you never say to them, oh, I know how you feel. Mm. Because you really don't. Mm. Um, everybody has a different situation in life. Everybody has a different relationship level in their life with Christ. Um, and all those things play a part in how they feel about their illness. Yeah. And so no one really knows how they feel. And so that, when a person knows that no one knows how they really feel, there's a loneliness that comes from that. Yeah. And so what we pray for in the sacrament <laughs> is that God will turn that loneliness into joy. The joy of knowing that God does understand. Yeah. You know, he, you know, he truly knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows every part of our life. He knows the relationships we have. He knows the situations of life that we have. He knows the relationship we have with, with God. He knows everything about us. Yeah. So he does know how we feel. Yeah. And so we know that we're really not alone. And so even though we may feel lonely, we really know we're not. And so that brings, we pray that God will be able to turn that loneliness into joy. And, and really seeking out that relationship with Christ. Because, you know, even if we, we don't have a lot of family members or, or friends that are coming over, you know, we, we can always find comfort through Christ and through his blessed mother. Correct. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah, and, and you had pointed out that, you know, the the Bible, the sacraments, and uh, looking at how Christ has helped us in the past can help in, in, you know, really forming that relationship and making it become, you know, very much of a, a um, relationship with Christ so that we can, as, as you talked about, really grow in holiness in these times of, of great illness. Yes. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We are talking with Father Keith Weber, talking about holiness in times of great illness. So, so Father, where are we going to go from here? You're giving us so much good information. Okay. Well, the, the other type of healing, uh, the, the fourth type of healing that, uh, that are in the prayers of the sacrament, which I think is really helpful, and that is to turn why into insight. And I think this goes back to part of the question that you were asking earlier about, you know, how can, you know, God who loves us allow this suffering to happen? But it, it turns that why into insights. You know, when, when we get sick, I mean, look, even if we get just a cold, uh, 
you know, sometimes we say, oh, why now? You know, I've got too much I need to get done. I've you know, got too much activity going on. I, I just don't have time for this cold. And, you know, when we get seriously ill, those, those questions of why, why now, why me, uh, become significant questions in our mind and heart. Part of what we pray for in the sacrament, part of the prayers, is is praying that God will give us insights into the why. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, when we, we when we do have that illness, we can start to see the good that comes out of it. You know, maybe, you know, we, when we get seriously ill, maybe somebody we know um, says, "Wow, you know, I I can." I can be more generous. I can, I can change my life and be more caring in my life and helpful. Or maybe somebody else will look at our illness and say, oh, I really need to get back on track with my own relationship with God. Mm. You know, I mean, or sometimes the why is, you know, um, maybe we were, you know, too prideful and, and we needed to work on being more humble. And that, that illness will help us work on that humility that we mm. really need to work on in our life. You know, there's all sorts of whys that come to be answered of, you know, this illness is going to help me be a better person, or maybe this illness will help somebody else I know be a better person. And, and we start to see the, the good that comes from our illness, that comes from our struggles. And the, we, all of a sudden we start saying, oh, now I understand why I have this illness. Now I understand why this is happening, you know. I may not still like it, uh, but I understand that, you know, there's a lot of good that God is bringing out of this illness that I'm having right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it is through prayer, prayer, our own prayers, as well as prayers for those of those around us. And, you know, you said prayer, the Bible, sacraments. That's the way that we see the joy and the suffering that you're talking about and see the the why, the insight into the why um, is through all the things that you just described to us. Right. Very true. You're you're awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, for all that you're doing. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. Holiness in Times of Great Illness with Father Keith Weber will be right back. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Father Keith Weber. Holiness in times of great illness. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. All right, so so Father, I'm just going to, sorry for that interruption. We're just going to oh, keep on rolling. Very, very good. Yes. Um, you know, another part of, of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick um, is, you know, that it really helps us um, unite our suffering to Christ, you know, to his suffering. And, you know, and, you know, I know when, when I was learning about the sacrament way back in the seminary days, uh, we, we talked about what might be described as deserved suffering and not deserved suffering. Mm. Uh, deserved suffering is the suffering we have due to bad choices we make in life. Mm. We, we make a bad choice, we have a consequence to that bad choice that causes suffering in our life. Mm. 
and, and we all make bad choices from time to time, regrettably. And um, and because we make a bad choice, sometimes we do suffer, maybe a little bit, and sometimes major, maybe in a major way. But you know, as we as we enter into that suffering, we may feel really guilty. We think, oh, if I only hadn't made that bad choice, you know, and we and we kind of kick ourselves over and over and over. But yet, you know, part of the sacrament is okay. We maybe made a bad choice, but God forgives. Mm. You know, yeah. we can go to confession. We can receive God's forgiveness. Um, you know, God takes that away. That the, the he takes away the sinfulness of the bad choice and allows us to have that relationship with Christ that enables us to walk with him through our suffering. Yeah. You know, so so even on the deserved suffering where we are suffering because of some bad choices we've made in life, you know, we, we're able to still know that God loves us and God is with us and God's going to take away the sinfulness and allow us to to have a renewed and strengthened relationship with Christ to handle the challenge of suffering. Yeah. The other is, of course, a not deserved suffering, and that truly we unite to the to the sufferings of Christ in a major way. Because obviously Jesus did not deserve to suffer; uh, he did nothing wrong, and uh, yet he suffered so much in his life. And you know, so we. Yeah, you know, we we are reminded by looking at the suffering that Christ went through that God is stronger than any suffering we may face in life. Mm-hmm. You know, we we look at how much Christ suffered, and yet He remains strong through it all. Mm-hmm. And God's strength will conquer all suffering. Yeah. You know, there's no suffering that can conquer us if we're with Christ. Mm. Mm. You know, Father, when you talk about that, it makes me think of, you know, the saints, you know, for for like, what was it, like 30-some years, you know, the the Pope who was elected was martyred, and he took that office knowing that he was going to lose his life if he took on that position, and yet he was willing to do it. You know, many of the saints, you know, they suffered really gruesome deaths you know you talk about yeah. christ but the the saints you know um you know being being uh, you know skinned alive or or you know saint lawrence you know being grilled and saying turn you know i'm finished with this world turn me over to the next you know the 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 uh the amazing quote you know that that they are actually able to even you know, during this tremendous suffering, really bring in, you know, a, a, a joy because they know that that they're not living for right now. They're living for, for, for the 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 next world. You know, for heaven. They are they are living for, for to be with Jesus forever. And and so you know, talk about you know that that extra. I think it's an extra grace that we're given in that time of suffering. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. You know. Um, you, you do look at the saints, uh, you know, like you said, you know, some of them faced such terrible deaths. Yeah. And and yet they knew that it was, that they were going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, that promise of the resurrection of Christ, and I think that's, you know, what we need to so focus on when we're suffering is, you know, this Easter season, you know, where we are focusing on the resurrection of Jesus, you know, 
the, the re- when Jesus rose from the dead and the tomb was empty, it really proved to us that there is life after death. Yeah. You know, and, and we can't lose that focus. You know, that, you know, that whatever suffering I may happen in my life right now, you know, either deserve suffering or not deserve suffering, whatever suffering, that focus on eternal life is the key. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it makes me, you know, you're making me think and think and think and think about so many things, and, and it's all wonderful, but, you know, who was it? I guess Peter that was out there, you know, he was walking on the water and, you know, as long as he was focused on Christ, he was good. But when he took his eyes off of Christ, that's when he sunk, you know, and, and I think that's true for us, maybe not in the literal fashion that occurred, but, but, uh, you know, that's when we fall into sin, isn't it? Is, is when we keep our eyes off of Christ. True. That is so true. And I think, you know, that's where, you know, suffering sometimes takes our focus away from Christ. You know, we start to focus on why me, why now, you know, mm-hmm. how am I going to handle this in the future, all that fear, yeah. the, the loneliness that we feel when we're suffering, all those things that can really take us away from Christ. Yeah. You know, that's where, like I said, the sacrament of anointing of the sick, those prayers are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they keep, folk, you know, we're drawing us back, okay, Whatever happens, God is with us. We have that confidence. Yeah. You know, God understands the pain, the suffering we're going through. We have, we're not, we're not alone. Yeah. You know, God's going to help us see the good that's going to come out of this suffering. There are those insights. You know, it, the, the, those prayers just keep drawing us back to having a focus on Christ and mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to be okay. Even if I'm not physically healed, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that, that does, you are right. That, you know, our, our, our theme right here, holiness is not for wimps. That takes a lot of courage because there is a lot of fear, you know, for, for many people, you know, looking at, at, uh, you know, what's going to happen after they die? You know, is it going to be, you know, is it, are they going to be able to go to heaven and, and looking at all the things? And, and I think probably the evil one works over time on, on people as they get close to death as well. You know, that's why we, we pray in the rosary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Because, right. you know, the evil one, I, I know I saw it personally with my mother-in-law when, when she was dying. One day she'd be saying, you know, they're, they're singing. They've been singing all day, you know, and she was just joyful. And the next day, she was talking about all the things crawling, all the bugs and stuff crawling on the walls. And it just kind of, I just really felt like there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on, you know, as, as she was getting close to death. Is that something that, that you see fairly often? I, I see it. I don't see the, the, uh, the, the bugs and the, and, the, and the horribleness of, of what's going on in the room. I, I haven't experienced that with patients uh, before. I have often, though, experienced the other side, what you were describing. Yeah. You know, the, the angels who are singing, they hear the angels. They, they can actually hear them. Yeah. Um, they see the people, their loved ones waiting for them, you yeah. know. Um, I know when my dad was, was passing on, you know, he would tell me often, he goes, they're, they're over there in the corner. They're waiting. They're uh, waiting. And uh, I say, what are they waiting for? Yeah. And they say, oh, they're, they're waiting to have a party. Oh, uh, uh, 
so yeah. beautiful. That is so beautiful. Wow. You know, it, you know, I, I, you know, I have not experienced this this great illness personally. I hope that I'm going to be the one that that's going to be waiting for my party. That you know, I'm not going to be fearful, and I'm going to be waiting for that that party. And you know, the the advice that you're giving to to all of us here on Divine Mercy Radio can really help us um, through those times. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, the, the the sacrament of anointing of the sick. You know, I I often refer to it as the forgotten sacrament. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody so happy when somebody gets baptized. You know, everybody's so happy when they receive First Communion. They're so happy when they get married. I mean, there's, and there are great joys to those sacraments, no doubt. Yeah. But, you know, because this one deals with suffering and, and pain and sometimes even death, people kind of don't want to think about this one. Mm-hmm. And they don't sometimes really want to celebrate this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this sacrament has such beauty to it. It really does. I, I marvel at the gift, the richness that we have in the Catholic Church. You know, we have these beautiful sacraments to, to really help us and to, to strengthen us so that someday, you know, God wants us to be in heaven. He's given us these sacraments to help us along the way. And, uh, you know, just the, the richness and the beauty of the Catholic Church. Very, very true. Yeah, very yeah. Very true. And you know, I, I feel feel um, you know, like I, Divine Mercy is is one of those tools to spread that message. You know, it it truly is one of those tools. So if you want more information, you know, on the sacraments, you know, you can you certainly go to your parish priest, but you can also call you know Catholic Answers or or my all time favorite Dr. David Anders. I love the show called to Communion. Love it, love it, love it. You can call and you can gain more information. They'll give you suggestions on on books that you can read. That is one of the the tremendous fruits of Catholic Radio is that we have these resources. And we realize when we're listening that we're not alone because there are people that are struggling in the same way that that we are, whether it's, you know, in times of great illness or other things that are are really uh, making our, our faith difficult to live out. Um, you know, there is, there are answers, and that's part of the richness of the Catholic faith, too, is that there are answers. You know, Father, do you, you can speak about all of that so much more eloquently than I can. Oh, um, no, but no, that's not true. Oh, I know it's true. I know it's true. But, uh, you know, I just really speak from, from just a love. You know, I'm a convert, and, and so, you know, just really as it's unfolded for me, the, the beauty of the church, just all that's a, available out there. So what else would you like for us? our listeners to know about holiness in times of great illness. Yeah. I, I think a, a couple more things that I think are important to remember, and that is, one, the sacrament of anointing can be received more than once. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time in our church history to where a person was receiving the sacrament only right at the point of death. You know, and, and it's great to receive the sacrament at the point of death. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think it's a wonderful gift to be able to do that if possible. Yeah. yeah. But this sacrament really can be done several times in a person's life. Yeah. You know, yeah. whenever we face a, a serious illness, uh, we can be anointed for that. Yeah. And, and also, even as the, as the, sac- the rite of the sacrament points out, you know, even in older age, uh, just the 
the aches and the pains and the challenges that come from older age, um, a person can receive the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Yeah. And, and a lot of parishes do have that sacrament of anointing of the sick, you know, like once a year for, for anyone who would like to come and receive it every year. Yeah. And, and our, our bishop, Bishop Vinky, you know, in this year of mercy, you know, he's trying to visit every parish. And one of the things he would like to do every time he visits a parish is to offer the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great sacrament, and we can receive it more often throughout yeah. our lifetime. Yeah. We shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't forget about it. Yeah. H- have you seen where you know when you go in and, and you give this beautiful sacrament, the sacrament of healing, the the sacrament of of anointing of the sick? Have you seen the rebound that that goes along with it so often? Oh. Many, many, many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, you know, as soon as we're finished praying and, and administering the sacrament, people it almost invariably will say, oh, I just feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just really, there, there's such, like I said before, there's such beauty to the prayers. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're great. Um, and, you know, I, I've also seen, you know, people who are physically cured. Um uh, twice now in my priesthood, you know, somebody I, whom I anointed, they, through that anointing, that through them receiving the sacrament, they ended up not needing the surgery that yeah. they were scheduled to have. Wow, wow. So, that's, that's truly a miracle right there. Wow. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Now, yeah. obviously, you know, as many times as I've administered this sacrament, you know, just having two times where a person was healed in, physically healed in the sacrament, um, you, you know, it doesn't happen every time. Yeah. But, uh, but yet, you know, we do pray for that. We shouldn't be all that surprised if it does. It is a gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, you got to actually experience that. That's that's yeah. awesome. a, a physical healing, a true, true healing. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's. But the, the spiritual healing that we pray for, that happens every time. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the spiritual and, you know, along with that, that spiritual is just the, the peace that comes, Correct. you know, from, from the Holy Spirit in, in moments like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I just, again, I just marvel at the beauty of our, our faith. And, you know, I remember, I don't think it was the sacrament of the sick. Maybe it was just prayers over me. I'm trying to think. But, but before, I have eight children, and before each one, I always went and, you know, asked for, for a special blessing. I guess that's more what it was than the anointing of the sick. It was just a special blessing right before the baby was, was ready to come. And, and I think it got me through some, some you know, some pretty oh, yes. difficult times. You know, I I had some pretty scary scary births and and uh you know what a what a what a blessing that is as well very true yes prayer is always good (laughs) whether it's with the sacrament or or not with the sacrament prayer is always so good yeah yeah excellent but uh the um i guess the the one of the final points uh that i think is is really important you know we talk about holiness is not for wimps um you know, probably in my experience with, with people who are terminally ill, probably their greatest fear is death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what 
What's it going to be like? How will I handle that moment? Um, you know, and is you know, is there life after death? And you know, how how do we know for sure? You know, all those those challenges that come as death as we approach the door of death. You know, and we we just can't let that fear of, of the unknown, that fear of what might be, uh, the fear of what we might go through, we can't let that cripple us spiritually. Mm. You know, we really, we need to remember we're walking with Christ. Yeah. You know, he is our good shepherd. He, he's going to get us through no matter what that moment happens in our, you know, in our life. He's there. Yeah. And we can trust that he'll he'll help us handle that moment. Yeah. You know. And, and then I guess one one final point on all that. I, I somebody gave this to me a few this this analogy a few years ago, and I just absolutely love it, and I've passed it on many times. Um, and you may have already heard this before, but um, they compared dying to being born. Mm. They said when a baby is in its mother's womb, that's the only world that baby knows. You know, it, it, the only world that the child has ever experienced is inside the mother's womb. And it's comfortable there. It's, 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 it you know, has food, has nutrition, has water, it has safety. You know, it, it's comfortable in, in the mother's womb. And then all of a sudden, that baby starts getting pushed out. And and it, that has to have some level of fear because the baby is human, and so there's certain fear of what's happening. And that world, that the only world that baby knew, is all of a sudden being taken away. And then they get born, and all of a sudden they can open their eyes and see all the colors and the beauty and the and the faces of the people who love them. And how wonderful the world all of a sudden expands into after a baby is born. Yeah. They said the same is true with going through the doors of death with Christ. Mm. This is the only world now that we know. Mm. And yet, you know, when we get kind of pushed through there, through that door of death with Christ, that next world is so much greater, mm. so much more beautiful. And we just have to really trust that world is there and it's going to be wonderful, yeah. greater than we can possibly imagine. So we can't let our fear of death cripple us spiritually. Yeah. We have to be have that strength in Christ to really say, no matter what suffering I have right now, it's going to be great. It's kind of like what you were talking about the saints, you know. Here they, they, they face great suffering, suffering, but yet they knew without any doubt in their minds and hearts, they knew that next world was that much greater. Yeah. And so they trusted. Yeah. 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 And that's what we have to do as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's in times of suffering that we really put the, 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 the phrase, you know, it's easy to say, harder to do, Jesus, I trust in you, right. into practice. You know, that it's, it's during those times. And, and you have given us some, some really, really good information that, that will help us in, in doing that. And so, Father, if you, if you would give last thought and then um, your blessing to, to all of us here in the studio as well as out through the airwaves, 
So, so Father, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Very good. Well, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be with you today. It's been a great privilege for me. And, you know, part of living life on earth is sometimes we do have to suffer. And holiness can grow through that suffering, and that's such a blessing. And we need to always be ready for that. I mean, Christ himself did not want to suffer. I mean, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that he wouldn't have to suffer. But he said, Father, not my will be done, but yours, which Mm -hmm. is a prayer we all have to pray every time we suffer. Father, not my will be done, but yours. Yes. And trust in God. So so we're ready for the blessing. Ready. Thank you. Okay. Eternal God, we ask your blessing upon all who are listening this day. Be with each one of them, Lord. You know what each person is facing in their life. You know the struggles. You know the challenges that they are encountering. You know the struggles and challenges they will encounter. But, Lord, help them know you are always with them. Help them feel your presence, feel your strength, feel your guidance, feel your love. May they know, Lord, that you are always there and that you will help them handling the problems when they need to handle those problems giving them everything they need at that moment. And so, eternal God, we ask your blessing upon every person who needs your help this day at this time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. Heaven is unseen, but so are these airwaves. If you can support these airwaves and help save souls for heaven, go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate, where your donation will be seen and appreciated. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your heart.